This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Two different chances today for you to win tickets for the final time this week to the Impractical Jokers. Your next opportunity is going to be at 5 if you don't win right now. Caller number 10. Dial us up this moment, 800-636-1067. You have won two tickets to see Impractical Jokers Drive, Drive, Drive Tour Sunday, February 19th. They're coming to D.C., Capital One Arena. You'll be entered now into a raffle for the grand prize, two meet-and-greet passes. Tickets are on sale. For tickets and more event information, go to thefandc.com. Jeremy Reeves has been named an All-Pro. We've got thoughts on that and other commanders deserving of some consideration for postseason awards. That's coming up at 445 on this football Friday. But it's time for our blitz. Benjamin Brown on the NFL. Ethan Cadeau on the commanders. On deck and in the hole, we will start on the hardwood. You got to start with our guy, Wes Hall, NBC Sports Washington, pre and post. Always good to have Wes on the program now, yesterday, Wes, we had Anthony Gill on the show. He was awesome. Really, really good guest. Really insightful. And what a game he had against the Bulls. 197 win last time out for the Wiz on Wednesday night. Look, 18 off the bench, that's a career high for him. And you are absolutely right. Like, if you've ever had – anybody's ever had a chance to be around Anthony Gill or just hear him talk, he is extremely nice. Like, you almost want to try to see if you can provoke him to make him mad. And I've tried, and it never works. He is such a kind person, so I'm glad that we've got him on the team. But uh, he might get his number dialed again tonight because you know it is. The Knicks are in town. We've got a few people that are questionable for tonight. We know that Brad's out, but uh, we got some other guys that are questionable. So you might be seeing some more AG on the court on Friday. Yeah, I like this Knicks team. Jalen Brunson having an outstanding season for them, Wes. Uh, what is the latest on, on, on Bradley Beal? What's the timetable here? Because last time it seems maybe he came back a bit too soon and kind of hurt that hamstring again. Yeah, he came back and then he ended up re-aggravating it and we, then they blocked off the three games, which I was kind of cool with because I'm like, all right, at least we have a definitive timeline on how we can check progress. He was reevaluated. Uh, again, he's out for tonight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that's a precautionary measure. We see him on the court on Monday afternoon when the Warriors come to town for the MLK game. So uh, that's the status report on Brad. But overall, you know, things moving in the right direction. We just want to err on the side of caution when it comes to him. How about the bigs that weren't available Last time when Gill took over. Yeah, those guys, KP and Gaff, got to love them. I was down at practice this week, and I, and I asked Gaff, you know, how are you doing and everything? And he's, he's country boy from Arkansas. He's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. 
I go, no, for real. You all right? He's like, yeah, but, you know, we're going to take it cautiously. So same thing with him. He'll be a game-time decision. Uh, the same thing with Porzingis, just dealing with a couple of nagging things. He said it was a rib situation. And, hey, I'll tell you right now, if any of the three of us go up against Jonas Valanciunas and we don't walk away with some rib injuries, <laughs> then we really weren't in the game. So, uh, you know, that's how I look at it. So, again, just everybody trying to keep everybody healthy. Thinking of the young pieces here, Wes, because that to me is about you know where this group ultimately can go, what their ceiling is. The guys like Denny yeah. Avdia with those 20 boards uh, the other night and Corey Kispert settling mm-hmm. in his role and Rui and company. Give me kind of a state of the union on their young pieces uh, at this moment and, and how much more room do you think they have to grow this season? Uh, let's start with Denny. He had a 10-game stretch where he had, had at least one three-pointer made in a game. Finding himself, it's just about consistency for him, even though we can appreciate it. He finishes at the rim a lot better than he used to, uh, you know, had struggles. Now he's at least willing to finger roll it or dunk it. So shout out to Denny for that. Corey Kispert, 41% from behind the arc, up from 35% during his rookie year. I think he's had 33 starts this season, a couple of inserted in the starting lineup because of Brad's absence. Uh, again, love it. Love that he's finding his confidence even more. Uh, when it comes to who did I leave out? Rui? Oh, yeah. Mid-range killer. Dude, I mean, come on. Like, if you want a guy who you know you can pretty much depend on 14 to 15 points off the bench any given night that he steps on the court, Rui's your guy. Um, this is a good evaluation situation. Remember, for nine, all the guys that I named, this is their really first full, complete seasons without a COVID, without injuries, without all the other stuff going on. So their development, right on pace. Now, you know the big question's coming off season, but that's then. We'll deal with tonight with the Knicks. Speaking of tonight in the Knicks, what do I need to know about New York? Give me a little game preview. Uh, bottom line, they're a gritty team. They're sitting sixth out of the East right now, and even though they've been putrid for many a year, they're not that anymore, and you're going to have to respect your opponent tonight. I think the first quarter is going to be strong for the Wizards. If we can come out you know, firing on all cylinders, especially on the home court, we should be fine. But uh, even if that, you know, first 10,000 people in there in the building at the pink sweater bobblehead, so that'll keep smiles on people's faces too. I know got mine somewhere. Where is my bag? Well, anyway, it's over here. I know They're I doing a Kuzma pink sweater bobblehead? Yeah, man. First 10,000 people in the building get a pink sweater bobblehead, and I've already seen people like, I must have this. Somebody sell me yours. I'm like, no, bro. This one goes in the that, collection. That's the like most the NBA thing ever, that they're doing a bobblehead oh, on, about what a guy wore into a game. <laughs> the NBA leans in, man. You have to love it. You have to love it. Wes, thank you, buddy. Always appreciate it, dude. Have a great weekend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Same to you. Let's go talk about the NFL, please. Our buddy Benjamin Brown, PFF, joins us to talk about that National Football League. Ben, what is your favorite game of the weekend? And I'll allow Monday to be in the weekend just this one time when we're talking Dallas and Tampa Bay, if that's your choice. I mean, I think that's a popular choice, but I'm going Chargers-Jaguars. I think it's two teams, you know, the up-and-coming teams in the AFC, a little bit young quarterback, really tight spread right now. Uh, obviously some drama with the Los Angeles Chargers, maybe fumbling the bag a little bit with Mike Williams' injury situation. So I think there's a lot of intrigue here on Saturday night, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, these two teams, I would say, kind of showcasing the young talent coming out in the NFL right now. If one of the two games expected to be a blowout isn't, Seahawks, 49ers, and Dolphins, Bills. Which gets tighter than we think late? I think it's Seattle, and I think it's probably, you know, for a lot of the reasons why people are going to point to, but we still have a lot of questions unanswered, basically, about Brock Purdy, about what his performance is going to be like in the playoffs. And I think, you know, with the similarity or with the, you know, the knowledge that both these two teams have of each other, I think Pete Carroll can make it pretty difficult on him expecting to get a ton of yards after the catch. So I think that game tightens up a little bit early. I think we see Seattle hit one or two 
you know, shots deep early on. And I think if they're playing from ahead, you know, that game is going to come down to the home stretch with Brock Purdy probably needing to make a play, I would say, in order for San Francisco to advance to the divisional round. Benjamin, you mentioned the Chargers going on the road here. And and I generally root for guys like Brandon Staley who make old, gruff Oklahoma drill, hat on a hat, you know, run the ball, stop the run, football people uncomfortable. Like, I want guys like that to succeed. But he also played Mike Williams and everybody else in Denver, and they lost, and now Williams can't play in this game, it looks like. So I don't know, man. I I don't have a great vibe for this Chargers team going out east. Give me your thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, I would have said even, you know, earlier on this week, I would have been very much on the Chargers side of things. But like you said, like there's some questionable decision-making that just doesn't add up with where Brandon Staley has been at previously. Like he was a guy who, you know, very much rests his starters and guys in the preseason that doesn't give them a ton of snaps then. So I don't know what changed in week 18. It seems like he's almost, you know, switching decision-making on a weekly basis or something. And I think that's concerning. And I think that, you know, if you have players who are going to be questioning and stepping out of bounds a little bit in those areas, like, like that's when dissension kind of creeps in. So at the absolutely worst time, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you in that I like the Chargers early in the week. The worse that this Mike Williams injury situation has gotten, the the more doubt I think that casts over the entire I would say Los Angeles Chargers outlook. So it's nerve wracking. Uh, I was going to bet the Chargers, but I'm honestly think I'm probably getting off of that position uh, as we move towards kickoff. I would say Giants Vikings played in three weeks ago, and New York lost at the horn, but it took a blocked punt and a 61 yard Greg Joseph field goal. I mean, how do you see that game playing out? Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be weird. I do think it's going to come down to the end. Uh, I, I do believe a little bit more in the Minnesota Vikings. You know, uh, you know, obviously the playmakers offensively, but I also think, you know, for how bad they've been at certain spots defensively as well, this is kind of a spot where they absolutely need to win. We didn't see, you know, the, the guys outside of Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith make a ton of plays. Ricky James, you know, and Isaiah Hodgins, I would say, were kind of running wide open downfield in that Week 16 matchup. But I think things absolutely have to tighten up. When they do, I, I do think the Vikings are probably going to pull this one out once again here. So their their, their Cinderella run, I would say, uh, at least lives on for one more week. Baltimore and Cincinnati, how do you see it? I mean, I think it's going to be a, a pretty big beatdown. I know everyone expects the Bills to kind of, uh, you know, show out against the Miami Dolphins. I also think we see pretty much a similar performance from Cincinnati. I just don't think Baltimore has enough. You know, at, at the skill positions outside of Mark Andrews to really press any matchups from the Cincinnati Bengals perspective. So I think Cincinnati jumps out to an early lead, early lead, and can kind of coast, uh, coast away pretty easy. I would say wild card victory for them on Sunday. What's the game you're surest about from a point spread standpoint? <laughs> I think I'm going uh, contrarian on this, and I know I know Dak had a bad game, but. Uh, I'm confident in Dallas minus two and a half. I do think, oh, you know, top to bottom, they are a much better roster than where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at. I think the the only thing that people are kind of hoping for with Tampa Bay is, you know, the, that for some some way, somehow, Tom Brady kind of flips the switch. I know we've seen maybe a flickering of that happening over the past couple of weeks, but it's still a spot that I'm not buying into. So if Ryan Jensen's kind of not back in the fold at the center position, if they are to kind of their third string center in that area, I, I think Micah Parsons and the rest of the Dallas Cowboys front four could probably win this game on their own. So I like Dallas minus two and a half. I think that's got to be my favorite, you know, spread to bet, I would say, coming up here this weekend. Ben, thank you as always, buddy. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Have a fantastic weekend. Hit that commander sounder, Dares.
About it, Ethan Cadeau who covers those Washington Commanders. Ben, which member of the '85 Bears or one of Ron's drinking buddies is going to end up being the OC? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if you saw earlier or at the press conference when they were talking about being a run-first team. They mentioned, "Oh, Ron Rivera played with a good running back back in nine, the 1980s as a reason to be a run-first team." So, yep. yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the the OC dates back to then. I would hope it would be a new, innovative mind who was born after the 1985 Bears, but you're right. My, that might be the case. It's very possible at this point. Jim Mora doesn't want to interview, says he's only going to take head coaching interviews. I don't view that really as any kind of a shot at the commanders. I think he just feels overqualified. What's your thought? I agree. I think he's already had a few head coaching interviews Uh he was a really good coach for the Lions like in the mid-2010s where everyone was like, why'd they fire him for Matt Patricia? I think he's earned the right to be a head coach, and I think Jim Caldwell will eventually get another another gig somewhere. And I said Jim Mora. I'm looking for oh, Jim, my, Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. No, no, he's a different yeah. guy. Thank you for just what? pretending like you knew what I was talking about. Either. <laughs> I, th- I thought we were on the same page. We were. How much of a factor? This is. It's going to be a poorly phrased question. You're going to have to dig away out of this one, Ethan. Okay, you have to help me out. Like, how much of a factor should Sam Howell be in their decision making this off season? Like, should it be a? Well, we got Sam Howell, so we don't have to go trade for Derek Carr. We got Sam Howell. We have to make an offensive coordinator develop him. Or should it be? Yeah, if it ends up being Sam Howell, so what? You see what I'm saying? Like, how much of a factor should that guy be? Yeah, I totally see what you're saying for one. And two, I think it should be a huge factor. The most valuable asset in today's NFL is a good quarterback on a rookie contract. I'm not saying Sam Howell is going to be a great quarterback or even a good quarterback, but I think he showed flashes of his potential in that Cowboys game. I do think he still has a ton of development to do, but there's a reason why at one point going into his final collegiate season, he was in consideration to be that number one overall pick, that fifth round pick. And Truthfully, I don't understand how he slipped to the fifth round. It's not like he had a horrible year, his final season in North Carolina anyway. So I think Washington might have almost lucked into – I mean, they didn't luck into it because they ended up drafting him, but they might have lucked into getting a decent value in the fifth round. And I think when you've seen someone who can at least show some flashes of potential, it's not like he just went out there and stunk up the joint. You know what I'm saying? So I think he should – he should be a factor, and I don't think there really are any free agents or trade candidates out there besides, I mean, if Lamar Jackson somehow doesn't get franchise tagged, that I could confidently say would be a clear-cut upgrade. So I, I think Howell needs to be a big part of their plans, and I would rather them roll with Howell and a veteran like Andy Dalton or Teddy Bridgewater or someone who can like push him but is not coming in with the keys the way – rather than trading for someone like Carr, who just had one of his worst seasons with the best receiving core he's ever had. Speaking so of that's how, kind of where I'm at. I mean, what does it say that they wanted to start Heineke and that some of the folks in the building were basically floating the idea that Hal wasn't ready and then he played how he did? I think it's – I wouldn't. I don't want to say embarrassing that they didn't know he was ready, but, like, there were no signs to show that he wasn't ready. And you almost wonder after that start – should they have turned to him sooner? I mean, I understand why they wanted him to sit and learn, and I understand the quarterback room, all three of them had a really good dynamic with one or another, pretty unselfish room. But at the end of the day, if you got to see what you have in this guy, they waited a few weeks too late because I do believe maybe he could have provided that spark. And I think it's a little weird 
that this coaching staff who's been watching him so closely for so many weeks, I guess, didn't have an idea that he had this like in his bag. I mean, he showed he only threw the ball 19 times yet. It was enough for us to go into the off season where a lot of people are saying, I'd rather see Sam Howell than Derek Carr. I'd rather see Sam Howell than Geno Smith. I'd rather see Sam Howell than Sam Darnold and some of these other options. I mean, in fairness, you, those you are the same people that wanted Heineke over Aaron Rodgers too. So, yeah, I mean, this fan base is, gets a little bit carried away sometimes for sure. But there's logic to not even that he played well or anything, but just maybe not spending any money. To your point, the asset of a kid quarterback on a rookie draft exactly. pick is, is a really valuable thing to an organization. I guess I just wonder who liked him, who didn't, who thought he could do it, who didn't, for my own files. Because I want to know from an evaluation standpoint, who knew what right. they were talking about. I think the coaching staff all season, especially Ron, talked about this being a year three jump. And I think, truthfully, he didn't believe a rookie quarterback in Sam Howell, especially a day three guy. It's not like they spent a first or second round pick. I don't think they truthfully thought he was ready yet, which, I mean, I guess it's hard to tell before the kid actually gets live action. But he impressed in the preseason. He made some crazy throws in practice throughout the year. I mean, at some point when it – I don't think he could have come in and played any worse than Carson did against Cleveland or any worse than Taylor did towards the end of his reign where they eventually moved on from him. And I get it because they were in the playoff race and it's a tough spot to give a rookie his first NFL action. But there's a, like I said, there's a reason why he was highly sought after for most of his collegiate career. And he showed those raw tools and that potential where there is valid reasons to be excited about him moving forward. Ethan, thank you, buddy. Have a great weekend. Appreciate it. You guys as well. Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports, Washington.com. Remember in 40 minutes, a chance for you to win tickets to go see the Impractical Jokers at Capital One Arena coming up next month. And you can win those tickets at 5 o'clock right here on Grant and Danny. Next, major NFL coaching news on a head coach making a big decision today. And the Commanders have an All-Pro for just the second time since 1996. This is The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is The Fan. We're 30 minutes from giving away tickets to go to the Impractical Jokers. And by the way, at 5 o'clock, top of the hour, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, is going to join us. We will get you set for the NFL weekend ahead. Big story of the day in football Sean McVay, according to ESPN, is staying in L.A. 
as the head coach of the Rams, changes the landscape a little bit for the NFC West next year. If you're starting over with a new head coach, I think that would lead to some type of exodus among some of the players, major changing of the guard, who knows what happens with Les Snead. By him coming back, makes me think you got Stafford, you got Aaron Donald, you're going to run this back one yeah, more it's a good year. Tell. They got a chance to compete with San Francisco in that division. I think there's some major questions, and it's too early to start wondering what happens with all these teams. But remember, Arizona's going to have a new head coach. And although Kyler Murray's under contract for the long term, he's going to miss all of or most of next year with the torn ACL. That's right. And with you know something brand new, you, you don't expect them to be able to compete. I don't know where Seattle's going to be. Listen, nice story, great year. That was awesome. Right? We all had fun. We're having a nice time here. Petered out in the second half. They yeah. won their last two games to make the playoffs. And maybe they lock up Gino and he repeats. But does that feel how likely does that feel to everybody? Right? Feels a little bit like a best case scenario Listen, year. That's a good organization. Pete Carroll's really good at this. I, I'm done doubting him. I, I I was my again, my I'm I'm raising my right hand. I would never raise my left hand because that's wrong. But my right hand is in the air. Admitting that I was incorrect. I thought, what a bonehead move. That makes no sense. I can't believe they're doing this. They chose 70 million-year-old Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. Right call there, right I was wrong. He's really good, and they're going to get the most out of whoever's there next. I just can't see them being able to compete at that high of a level. So you just kind of go in San Francisco's division. It's theirs. But we could be around. The NFC's not that great. It's not that deep. If we're okay, we mess around with Matt Stafford healthy in January, I wouldn't want to see us. The NFC's never been more wide open. Yeah than it is right now. You got a rookie quarterback who started five games who is the quarterback of the team that everyone thinks is going to come out of the conference. Tells you a lot. Yeah. And I think the Eagles are being slept on a little bit. They got a bye. They're one win away from an NFC championship game. They were the best team in the sport for 14 weeks until Jalen Hurts wasn't available. It's because that down the stretch lost a little luster. I think they were just But he wasn't waiting. playing. Yeah, I think they're just waiting for the playoffs. Wasn't on the field. I'm agreeing with you. I think people have overrated those couple of losses as – realistic. I'm just interested to hear you say you would never raise your left hand because there was a time where you did. Nope. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who My hand is up. How dare you? My hand is up. How dare you both? My hand is up. I would say that's evidence My hand of is up. Danny saying, singing along to the song. Nope. And his hand is up. How dare you all. So a lot's changed since you were singing that song, Mm-mm-mm. I guess. I mean, what a front runner Danny is. The team goes one season without making the playoffs. And all of a sudden, he doesn't put his hand now up Now I can't anymore. be bothered to do it. It's, it. it's good to have a consistent stance on this. When everybody looks back in a couple years and realizes what I realized right away, that no one should have ever done at any point in time, and everyone's going to feel so embarrassed when they look back at whatever trend, you'll thank me. You may not put your left hand up. No, Jeremy sir. Reeves probably does. Jeremy Reeves is an all-pro, bro. Amazing. I am happy for this guy. So let, let's go through the story for Jeremy Reeves, who's been on the show a couple times. Really, really good guy. He's the same dude from the viral clip that Ron Rivera gave the hug to because he lost his mom and said your mother would be proud. And Reeves broke down and cried in Rivera's office because he had made the Pro Bowl earlier this football season about a month ago. Do you know how much bigger it is? How much bigger a deal it is to be an all-pro than a pro bowler? Yeah. I mean, a pro bowler is nice. Don't get me wrong. It's a big deal. And specifically at the special teams position, it's hard to crack. And for him, it was an amazing accomplishment. It is. It's a huge deal. But the pro bowl, that's one thing. That's fine. An all-pro, man. This is the distinction that gets you paid. 
This is the distinction that extends your career a couple of years. This is what your agent uses when they start making phone calls. You don't just get to be an all-pro. This organization, as the Redskins football team and commanders, did not have a single all-pro from 1996 through 2020 from when a punter, Matt Turk, did it until Brandon Scherf pulled it off in 2020. Reeves is an all-pro to go along with his Pro Bowl season. This is a guy who played his college ball at South Alabama, grew up in Pensacola, Florida, undrafted in 2018 as a Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year and a two-time first-team All-Sunbelt performer. He was second-team All-Conference in 2015. He's never been given anything. He's had to scratch and claw and earn everything. The Commanders and, and the Redskins before that and football team, he was brought in in the Jay Gruden era. They have cut him and signed him to the practice squad more times than you can count on a couple of hands. And he's just been a survivor. He's just hung around, hung around. And now he is considered the best player in the NFL who does his job. That's just, that is what you dream about. You know, that's that's the poster you put on the wall and say, you can do it too, kid. It's cool. I'm going to go through part of his transaction history. Part of it. Because to do the whole thing would take too long. Washington signed Jeremy Reeves to the practice squad. Washington released Jeremy Reeves. Washington signed Jeremy Reeves. Washington waived Jeremy Reeves. Washington released Jeremy Reeves. Washington signed Jeremy Reeves. Activated Jeremy Reeves. Waived Jeremy Reeves. Assigned to the practice squad. Assigned to the practice squad. Signed to the active roster. Signed to the practice squad. That gets us through 2019. Are you kidding me? That's an all-pro. What a story. Yes. And I will tell you this. Ron Rivera... Won a lot of people over. You mentioned this already, but I, I want to double down on it, including me. When was it in 2020? I guess it was. I'm trying to remember the timeline of this. Or was it 21? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Where they had an injury at safety, and after the whole world thought, well, he'll just sign Eric Reed, who was in Carolina with him, right? And he goes, no, no, no. I had made a, pro- we didn't know about this, but he had promised Jeremy Reeves, I like you. We can't keep you right now, but if you keep working and there's an opportunity opens up, you'll get your chance. Opportunity opens up. And ever the whole world thought they'll go sign somewhere else to, or, you know, to, to to help this team down the stretch. He said, "No, no, no! I gave this guy my word. I'm going to promote Jeremy Reeves, who played admirably. Every time he gets a chance to play, it seems like he does something or or helps out. I don't know that he's your best option as a starting safety for 17 weeks, but I know this: that guy doing everything right, people notice that sort of stuff when a coach is true to his word. When a coach says, "If I if you do this, I'll do this," and when that actually happens, and then the coach responds accordingly. That makes people happy. That goes a long way. Not as far as Jeremy Reeves' tenacity, though, and stick to Good for you, young man. Yeah, just an easy guy to root for. <clears throat> I, I think there's another point to be made here, which is Washington has been really good on special teams for a little while. You don't have to, and I don't mean necessarily coverage and returns. I mean, you know, the critical areas when you're yep. talking about special teams ace. You went from Lorenzo Alexander, who made a Pro Bowl, to Jeremy Reeves, who's making a Pro Bowl. There's some other guys, obviously, in between, but. Lorenzo Alexander was a Pro Bowl game mm-hmm. MVP after getting to Buffalo and becoming a linebacker. But here, he was just chasing down kicks and punts, doing a banner job. You know, Reeves has become a star in that capacity, right? Uh, at kicker, you know, they had they went through some options, but they have mostly, when you compare them to the rest of the league, been very successful. Dustin Hopkins had a lengthy, successful run. Joey Sly had an awful 18th week. He had a tremendous season. Even after missing three kicks in the final week of the year, he missed five field goals all year long. He was 25 of 30. 
And he waited until they were eliminated, basically, to have a really bad game. At punter, Tressway is going back to the Pro Bowl. One of the better punters in the league. Yeah, I don't think it's something we think about a whole lot or we talk about a ton. But they haven't had to worry about the punting position in years. They haven't had to really worry about kicker all that much. I mean, Rivera, I think, self-made a problem last <laughs> yes, year. He did. When he cut a guy, brought in another guy that wasn't good and had to go find Sly. But they have been, for, for all of the knocking of how mediocre they are or worse or personnel and how far away they are, for the majority of the last several years, in terms of the special teams roles, long snapper, kicker, punter, they've actually been pretty well off. So their returns, both kick and punt, have been, I'd say, net negative, like not very good. That's the only area where I would say you're not getting much. They're re- meaning kick and punt returns. Yeah, they're, they're okay. not getting much out of kick returns or punt returns at this point. I'm fine with that, by the way. I know that's blasphemous because this is the same marketplace that has Brian Mitchell who was one of my favorite players ever doing the show right before us, but all who the rules was a weapon. I mean, it's our day return yeah. kicks now. To me, my barometer for special teams, because everything, the roster's changed so much and coaches change so much, everything is, is different every week, it is don't screw us. And other special teams have screwed teams. Ours haven't. You don't see those terrible, devastating plays very often. Let's go to Jeff in Gaithersburg real quick. Hey, Jeff. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, guys? Hey, man. I just wanted to say, ever since that... Uh, Commander's left hand up song was created. That's when the Commander's season went to a downfall. Correct. I just wanted to point that out there. I mean, that's an interesting, I guess, claim to make. I, w- I would make the case they were the same team this year as they were last year and the year before and for 25 years before that. The song was out all year and they didn't make the playoffs this year. Once they embraced it, though, they stopped winning. I they, agree with them. They definitely embraced it right before they went downhill, but mm-hmm. they. That was kind of inevitable. I'd say it had more to do with the quarterback <laughs> position and listen, not being factors. able to pass protect. Different factors. But maybe the song was, maybe it was just that the players heard the song and decided, mm-hmm. eh, we don't want to beat the Browns. That, that song was going in the stadium and they're like, this Giants game's important, but this song, it's not for me. We shouldn't be doing this. I guess it's possible, though. Listen, you can't eliminate it. They're, they happen at the same time. Correlation. My hand is up. No. Stop it, Danny. You're embarrassing yourself. I blame you. And I know you're Commander Danny, so you're trying to win Fan of the Year and all that stuff. I'm not. You're the Lieutenant Commander. By the way, did they announce that yet? Did you win Fan of the Year? Well, I'll tell you what. You joke, but now that you're like Broadcaster of the Year again, I got no accolades. Maybe maybe I got to lean into this stupid thing to be Fan of the Year. Maybe I'll do that. Commander Danny, ladies and gentlemen. So dumb. Why don't you make your best run at Fan of the Year next year? (laughs) Just. Just turn, just try to pretend just, that this just never go happened. All the way in, just be at FedEx Field, like with Tailgate Ted. You could just be hanging. Look, I'll out find with out him. what time he's getting there. Get there five minutes before. <laughs> right, exactly. Take a just, selfie in front of FedEx. He goes over there like on Wednesdays just to check on the stadium. You could do the same. You could do the, the parking lot thing, oh, where you're just chilling there, like on, on Sheriff Road. Taking a selfie, like Bright Seat Road. Danny Ruya has. You're just having lunch, looking at the stadium. You got to be the fan of the year. It's the only way I'm going to get an accolade. Brad Spielberger of PFF at 5 o'clock. That's 20 minutes away. Next, we're previewing the Dolphins and the Bills. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's one one week season uh, from here on out. It's winter go home. We understand that. And at the end of the day, you know, come Sunday, it's the only thing that matters is scoring more points than the other team. So, you know, trying to have a good week of practice, putting our, our best foot forward, making sure that we're holding ourselves to our own standard, you know, and obviously taking it day by day, but, you know, everything that we're doing is is in hopes to, to win on Sunday. Bills fans were really upset. When it turned out they couldn't get the buy, they weren't the one seed, and then they got a buy anyway. Hey yo, anybody? Nothing? Nothing? Nobody? Okay. They're playing the Dolphins yeah, with the third are. string quarterback Skylar Thompson. Nothing? Still? Nobody? All right, that's fine. Dolphins seven seed, Bills two seed. You guys hate me. That's fine. Everything's fine. They're staring at these guys right here. The, the, the point is they got the buy because they're playing Skylar Thompson. It's really so, tough when you know it's going like, to pop in the room. And it's hard. I, I was with you. I was like, I get it. I don't mind not getting a pop. It's the resentment that I got. It's, it's, it's the anger. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's not just a poker face. Yeah, the pop is uh, no pop. I, that's fine. I mean, I, I've run out of soda before. The issue is when you look at me like you're mad like at me. Like you, you. You'd have thought I was saying it to like the Ross family. These The owners of the Dolphins are like, is he making fun of Skylar Thompson? <laughs> The Thompson uh, family. So here's my breakdown of this game. I can make it really easy for you. If the Bills don't turn the ball over three times, they win. If the Bills don't lose the game for themselves, they win. Miami has great players. Yes. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Those guys will keep them in the game if they can make some big plays, even with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. By the way, Tyreek Hill is closing in on being one of the most accomplished postseason wide receivers in history. He's 34 catches behind Julian Edelman for the number two spot on the NFL's all-time playoff catches list. Good nugget. Could get to that number this playoffs if he has a long enough run, although there's some guys like Travis Kelsey was 22 ahead of him. They're going to be adding to their totals as well. No Raheem Mostert in practice yesterday, but I just don't think the Dolphins can keep up. Over 3,000 yards receiving between those two guys. In a season, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill over seventeen hundred. Waddle, uh, no slouch in his own right, almost thirteen sixty. This to me is as simple as this: if Buffalo tackles well, you know what I mean. Like if there's no like lapses and everybody just relaxes or something like that, where a busted play where Hill catches a hitch and makes three people miss, or you know a crossing route and you know, runs by people, etc. If you could pretty much take away the big plays for the Dolphins. I think you win this game. I think it's as simple as that. I don't know if that just means you you stand a too high shell at all times and are willing to give up something every now and again. I don't think Miami could just march down the field against you consistently enough to beat you. And your offense is awesome, by the way. Make if you're talking Skylar about Buffalo. Thompson just yeah, pick you apart. Take four, five, six yards here and there, and just keep the clock moving. Uh, these two teams split the two games they played. Both games were really close, but that was with two at quarterback. So I would just throw those out. The Bills enter on a 12-point win over the Patriots, and that was when New England was a win-and-in scenario, needed the game. 
And they got great news this week with DeMar Hamlin coming home. I'm sure some of those guys have hung out with or seen him and been around him. So for all these reasons, Bills by a million. Here's my favorite stat in this game. Josh Allen is already seven touchdowns from Jim Kelly for the organization's all-time playoff touchdown. Come on. He's had huge games, man. That's not possible. It's very possible. If he throws for three touchdowns in this game and four next week, he's tied with Jim Kelly. And there will be a next week for the Bills, I would imagine. I would have lost all of it if you'd ask me. Like, if he's a true or false, I would have said that's false. Cause just because the number of games. Right? Well, that's I, what I, I thought. He went yeah. to four Super Bowls. Yeah, I'm not saying Jim Kelly wasn't, or Josh Allen isn't prolific. I'm going, he, he just needs more time. He'll get there. Apparently, he'll get Three, there next week. Playoff runs. Yeah, he'll get there tomorrow. Bills running the ball better. This is one of the reasons I like Sneaky, them a yeah. lot this winter. They are 11th in rushing success rate since week 10. Devin Singletary's been really effective. James Cook has been last few weeks, right? Popping a run here or there, kind of explosive. The Bills' defense has regressed at the same time, though, and maybe that's something that can give Mike McDaniel hope because Buffalo's defense beginning of the year was great. Secondary has been decimated by injuries and now tragic injuries as well. Von Miller was lost, so they fell out of what was really the top of the the board. They were top five. They're now defensively for the season just outside of the top 10 in EPA and in success rate in the second half of the year. So it's about Josh Allen for me. Don't throw picks. Don't turn the ball over because he's done that a bunch. He leads the NFL in red zone turnovers with five interceptions. Don't help Miami. Yeah, You're better than them. Just line up and play football, and they can't be better than you if you don't help them. I know that sounds very basic, but it, it's I think it's actually profound in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Just don't beat yourself. Yeah, this is one of those, we don't have to complicate it. We'll do scheme ups and how do you limit this? What What do you take away exactly. when you play Kansas City and Atlanta in Just a couple Just line weeks? up and play football and don't give them the ball. You are so much better this week than your opponent, which I'm bummed about, honestly. I would have loved to have seen a full-strength Miami Dolphins team with McDaniels you know, uh, uh, coordinating everything with uh, healthy Tua, et cetera. I would have loved to have seen it. But- By the way, enough with him on the hot seat. What is that? He is went. He? You didn't see the story this no, week? No, I missed it. He went from coach of the year to the hot seat. There were reports out That's of Miami insane. that if they would have lost in week 18, he, he could have been fired. That the collapse and they missed the playoffs, they ended up winning and getting in. Now, I don't know if that would have happened or not, but those are actual stories and rumblings from <laughs> credentialed media members in Miami. Well, I, I don't Which tells know you about their owner, too, who's a silly <laughs> yeah, goose. Who's a tyrant. By the way, can you imagine if they did let him go? Oh, buddy. He might there, get another job. There'd be some peer pressure uh, in this marketplace to please hire that gentleman immediately. Please remove the guy that you have in place and give me that quirky genius. There's a problem. Yeah. There might be a sale happening. You can't do that. I think you just do it. I know what you're saying. I hear you. <laughs> I, like, I understand you're, you're making a very valid point. Here's my response. You just have to do that. <laughs> give me that guy right now. <laughs> Brad Spielberger, pro football focus, going to join us next on Grant and Danny. We're going to get into the commanders with him. But also at 525, how much should Sam Howell factor into what Washington does early this offseason in terms of planning for their quarterback future, in terms of who they're going to hire as an offensive coordinator? Do they already have to know before they hire an OC if Sam Howell's the guy or not? Is that something that they should figure out first before they do anything else? We'll get into that at 525. Uh, Next, when Brad Spielberger joins us, a chance for you to win the last pair of tickets we've got to see the Impractical Jokers next month 
at Capital One Arena. We're Greg and Dave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.